So we're going to do things a little bit different today. So yeah, have a seat. Um, do you like the anticipation music? Dun, dun, dun. Hey, welcome. My name is Will. I'm glad you're here with us today. Uh, we're here because we want to remember. And I don't, I don't take this lightly, okay? Uh, just because it's Easter Sunday or, or Resurrection Sunday that we must talk about that event every year. So we're, we're constantly asking God what to do, and we're going to mix it up. I, I want to talk to you, first of all, right now, about the crucifixion of Jesus. And the best way to do it, let me, let me read from Luke's account. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, you can go to Luke chapter 23. Uh, gospel, we call them Gospels, means good news. There's, there's these four books, right, that tell us about Jesus' ministry and his life. And this is one of those accounts. In Luke 23, it begins like this with, with verse 26. We're going we're gonna to pick up along the way, right? Things are building. Last week, we talked about the triumphal entry. Jesus comes in like a king, everyone expecting him to rule and overthrow the Roman government, right? Well, that's, that's not what happened. Instead, a week later, here we are. And they had captured Jesus and arrested him. And even the Roman leaders were trying to give them a way out. Like, what did this guy do? Why are you so angry at this man who people are calling the king of the Jews? I can't find anything wrong with him. But the, the people in his church, right, the Jews, those who believed in Yahweh, the one true God, they were just seized with anger and, and religious spirit. Let me pick up verse 26. And they led him away. Who's him? Jesus. Okay, cool. Good, good Jesus answer. That's good. That's, that's the default answer at church when you're there. That's really good. Uh, so they led Jesus away. They seized one, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of the women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they, they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it's dry? You see, Jesus is saying, oh, man, this is going to get bad. It's going to be so bad that the people are going to say, I wish the mountain would fall on me to hide me from the wrath of God. Verse 32, two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that's called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, the soldier also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged, railing at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, 
Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour. What's, what's the sixth hour? They estimate about noon, right? A lot of people think like in, in Roman time, the sixth hour could be 6 a.m., but they really think it's talking about Jewish time, so a lot of people believe it's noon, so it's bright out at noon, right? That's, that's, the sun is bright at noon. That's why this is such a contrast in this story. It says, so it was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land. I mean, this is noteworthy. Darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn into two. What did that curtain protect? Do you guys know? You remember this story from other? The Holy of Holies, right? This, this curtain that was between man and God that protected us from his glory was torn as Jesus was crucified. And then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion had saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. You heard this story before? I don't know when you guys come in here, especially Easter. Easter or Christmas are weird because the people in your church either visit their kids somewhere else or their parents somewhere else, or they bring other people. So maybe all of you know Jesus and, you know, but maybe you don't. And maybe you haven't heard this story, maybe you have. I, I want us to just to take a look at it again. Not, not that I have anything new for you, but to remind you. A couple things that are really noteworthy. One, you can see that one, one thing that's noteworthy to me is the people who killed Jesus were church people. And you've got to take that into consideration if you're a church person or if you're here dragged here by a church person. Secondly, everyone around him, when it was all said and done, they knew that this was an innocent man that was dying a penalty for an error he didn't commit. Another thing I would tell you is, I don't know if you realize this, when you look at the historical account, we're not getting too much into that, of what a crucifixion is and what it's like and how horrible it is. And this one in particular, because of the festivities that they had, they were rushing. We've got to get these guys dead and quick. But Jesus, he died fast, faster than even the, the other guys who were hung with them, faster than the average crucifixion. And, and what, what they say in modern medicine is, is by the whole thing that happens, one of the other accounts where they stick a spear in his side and water comes out. Basically, medically, the best of our ability, right, now that we know what we're talking about. I mean, it's like the dude's heart exploded. The pressure of what happened to him was so great, he couldn't endure the long-term slow. I mean, it was, it was the weight was so much, it, it crushed him and it killed him. Well, thanks, Will. Now you make me feel really bad about myself. That, that's, that doesn't work. Making you feel bad about yourself doesn't work. 
But let's just say that that's what happened. Let's just tell you the truth. And what's more amazing, let me show you this. Isaiah. How many years before Jesus was crucified do you think this Isaiah was written? Do you guys remember? Like 700 years. Okay? Check out what he wrote, what God told him to write. Isaiah 53, if you want to flip over or click over. Verse 4, surely he, and they, they define this he over those 700 years as this Messiah, as the Christ, the one who would come. And he has surely borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. And we are like sheep that have gone astray and we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He didn't stop it, guys. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him, and he was put him to grief. When his, when his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Guys, this is it. This is what I want to tell you in this first piece. Do you see this? Like, this is something to be excited about. I don't, I don't care how you enter. I mean, I care, but it doesn't matter to me how you entered into this place. This is what God did. He came down and took on all of humanity right? And he took all human form, every temptation, every ache, every sore, right? Mortality, bleeding, starving, lust, fear, anger, all of those came knocking at his door for every one of us. And what was prophesied 700 years before was, listen, he is the righteous one, a servant of God, And in order to make many of us righteous before God, he had to bear our error, our mistakes, our fear, our iniquities. Verse 12, Therefore I will divide him a portion with many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet, yet he bore the sin of many, and makes the intercession for the transgressors. In the letter to Colossians, Paul said it like this, Colossians 1, 19, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds... He has now reconciled in his body of flesh 
by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Okay, hear this. We're going to sing a couple more songs. Before we do, let me bring this to you. What you really need, what I desperately need, is forgiveness. What you need and what I need, and if you look to the right and if you look to the left, what they need is forgiveness. We've all... And I don't say it to minimize it. We've all made mistakes. And what's so powerful about the reminder of this day, and it doesn't have to be Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday. It doesn't have to be a Sunday for us to come before Jesus and bring our mistakes to him, bring our fears, our angers, our insecurities, our, our sin is the church word we can put to it. And and. Just ask that he would forgive us because he made a way. Death had to happen to pay for sin. Blood had to be offered, but it's been done. So here's a way I want to invite you to participate in this because I think think it's fun and powerful to watch. You see these white circles on the wall? If you're on the screen, I'm sorry that you can't see it. Uh, That's the benefit of the home field advantage here, right? You can see this. But what, what we have is a white circle here. And, and what's a powerful thing to do is to confess before God that I am not perfect and what I need is your forgiveness. And that's what I want to give you this opportunity to do. This is what we want to give you this opportunity. So look a little bit like this. There's a whiteboard up there. There's markers, many colors. And I'll, and I'll just lead here because even though, you know, they call me pastor now, I'm far from a perfect man. And you know what? Sometimes... I've noticed as I've gotten older that actually uh, something that has a grip on me at times is fear, right? So if I write it here, and you see how small the pen marks are, so you won't, if you won't, you won't, you feel you have some anonymity here, but really who you need to confess this to is before God. So in this time, when they play music and when they sing this song, there's going to be two songs. And what I'm asking you to do is have an opportunity to participate here. I mean, you can barely see it, right? But still, it's here. You know what's another thing? Like any other man, I've struggled at times with lustful feelings. And I confess it to you, Jesus. I come up here and I admit I have struggled with that in my life. And I have fallen to those things in my life over time, you know? And other things too, right? I get insecure, I don't trust God. Sometimes I just don't trust God. And so for me to confess that before you is good. It's good because you guys need to know, hey, I don't go to church because I'm not like Pastor Will. Thank God you're not like Pastor Will because I'm a mess, right? So I, I often don't trust God. So I love to see this white thing full of this, full of, of these confessions, full of, of what you want to ask Jesus to take on that cross, as it were, what you want to ask Jesus to forgive you of, what you want to be relieved of, released from, what you want to be forgiven. Does that make sense? I'm going to finish writing it. Don't trust God. 
Sometimes I just don't trust him. I take it in my own hands, and I know I'm not alone. So let me pray. Let me invite you to participate if, if you're willing. And like I said, don't be shy. I'm going to be up here. If it's hard for you, you need someone to hold your hand, I'll do that. If you want someone to pray with you, I'll do that, okay? But let's make this matter. And not just the ham afterwards, okay, or the Easter egg hunt, right, or the family. That's all fine and dandy. But let's, let's as we remember, take advantage of what, what's been given to us. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, I desperately need forgiveness from you. I need to be released for all my, my error and my fear. Lord, I get angry at times, and I, I've had thoughts that aren't pure, and I've, I've said things. I make jokes, coarse jokes at times, and I, I'll be rude or angry or vengeful or selfish, and I do these things, and I just bring it to you, Lord, because I don't want to be crushed by it anymore. And you've made a way. I mean, you, your heart exploded for me. more than enough to handle. So I want to release this to you, Jesus. And I just invite that the Holy Spirit that you would work in the hearts of everyone that you live in, that they could come up and get that same kind of freedom, that same kind of excitement that Jesus took care of my heirs. And so I invite them to do that, Lord. I invite you to do your work. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So another piece, you could have a seat. So here, here's where we're at. It's, it's written down, this, this simple truth, that, that we have a faithful God. And, and you and I watch the world around us, and, and whether you're excited about what's happening or, or not, in different aspects you might be excited about, you know. I'm excited about the new iPhone or something, but you're not excited about this, right? So it can happen, but inevitably what, one of the things that's happening is the world is moving and shifting. But the Bible tells us, one of the things that was written down for us is this, that God is not slow to come to our rescue. Do you understand that? He's not slow, as some people might think. But instead, he is patient and loving, hoping that all people would turn back to him. That is like such good news. And so right now, here's, based on faith, here's what I know. And so Josh and Laura, I need your help over here. And Brandy, I need your help over here. What we've done, also what's, what's written for us is this, that if we confess our sins to Jesus, he is faithful and just and right to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so if you don't believe that, then you're screwed. Because even in the embarrassment of doing this, look at, I mean, look at, look what we can come up with off the top of our head, how we have fallen short of the people we want to be, the people we were created to be. And if we've got no Savior and no hope, we're out of luck. But I'm going to stand on this faith with you right now, and here's what we get to do together, okay? Here's a tip. They're washable markers, so it's kind of fun. They're not super bright because of anonymity, but what's going to happen is Josh says, go for it, man. It's like Jesus. His blood came. It was spilt for us. And it, and like if you could see it, you would see all this kind of bubbling up. And it's like this is what Jesus is doing. He's taking every one of these sins. And you can just see he's just washing it clean. 
everything, every sin that we've done, every air that we've done, every time we break a water bottle. We can make it work, though. Because Jesus' death was more than enough. More than enough for us. More than enough for every sin. Even the ones you'll commit when you leave here. And this can be a visible reminder of the goodness and the power of God. And just when you think, just when you think there's not enough for you, there's always more. There's always more of Jesus. Just when you think there is not enough. And if you were to notice this, okay, make sure you wash out mine, Pastor Will. Okay, we'll make sure. Right I mean, do you see it? Do you see how freeing it is? To actually just get that out there, to get rid of it, to release it. And now what's super important is, I'm, guys, I can't forgive you. I can't do it. You can't, you can't forgive other people for God, but he can. And Jesus paid for it. It's not like Jesus is doing some kind of shortcut. He's doing what was dictated. Father, forgive Corey because he did this. Well, someone's going to have to die. Okay. I'll do it. That's what Jesus did. So he has every right, every power, every permission to forgive Corey, to forgive you and forgive me. I mean, isn't that, would you, you could call that good news, right? In the church world, we use the word gospel for that. So here's what's really cool, okay? So Jesus goes into this tomb. I think it's funny because Isaiah says that he would be, you know, like crucified with like a common criminal, but then buried with the rich. So a rich man came and picked up Jesus' body and put him in the tomb, right? And some people might say it would be on Thursday. Some would say on Friday when he died. But Sunday they came. Matthew 28 talks about this. Now, after the Sabbath, which is Saturday, right? Toward the dawn of the first day of the week, which is a Sunday, Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone that, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. As for the fear of, of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. I mean, you see, it was like a big rock, angelic figure there, guards like on the ground and here these ladies show up but the angel said to the women do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified he is not here for he has risen for he has risen we could talk for 17,000 years about that come see the place where he lay and then they go and go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold he is going before you to Galilee and there you will see him see I have told you so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and they ran to tell, to, to, uh, tell the disciples so you see that it's like Jesus wasn't there he took our sins with him and he buried them 
and he got new life. And now what God sees when he looks at us is this, it's white. We've been justified. It's just as if I'd never sinned, right, is the old adage for that. Good news? Okay. Try this breathing thing. Just breathe. Okay. Okay. Just breathe. Paul was writing to the church at Corinth. This is from the letter we call 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We put that in there. The writer didn't. Uh, verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. Okay, wait, first fruits. He's the first one of those to, to follow a new pathway, that those who've fallen asleep, those who, who have died. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ we all will be made alive. We, in Christ, will all be made alive. Oh, who wants to live? I mean, isn't that why we do have the sins? You really want to live. You want to feel alive. You don't want to lose hope. Well, we have it. We have a purpose. We have a mission. We have love. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 says this, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, is this you? Then he is a new creation. The old has passed away, guys. It's been washed clean. All the fear, all the sin, the lust, the unfaithfulness, all the things that we do has been washed clean. And every time we come before Jesus, he's like, I got it. I got it. And then he says this, don't go back to living like that again because that's not living. I've washed it. Don't take it back, Will. Don't take the fear back. Don't take the anger back. Don't be unfaithful the next time. The old has passed away. Behold, new has come. Today, what's powerful is you can have a day like this, a silly holiday you put on a calendar, but it's just the reminder you need to drop all the garbage and take a new start. And that's what this is. Take a new start. It's a triple bypass for your soul, right? Like, take a new start. You're all cleansed out, man. It is good to go. You are alive. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry, ministry of reconciliation, that is, in Christ Jesus, was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh man, this got me fired up this morning, guys. God forgave me. He has given me for everything. I mean, I, I got baptized when I was nine. I've done lots of sin since then but he's always been faithful to forgive me, to cleanse me of all, all unrighteousness, to teach me, to test me, to try me. But I have life, and now I'm here with you. Because of the love he's given to me, I can love you. Romans 4.25 says this in the New Living Translation. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. 
Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Undeserved. like I was talking a little fast getting excited what if you were safe what if you were free what if you were forgiven what if you were loved what could you do You see, this is, this is the new life that we're offered. And here's the amazing thing. What Jesus did when he resurrected from the dead, and we'll pick up with this next week, is now he has freed us. He has loved us completely. He's forgiven us and washed us clean, and now we can join him. For as long as we have breath, but we're going to wrestle this, this body. We're going to wrestle our thoughts. We're going to wrestle our culture. And so it's not going to get like super simple. But then someday the body will expire and we'll be in the presence of God and we'll be made new physically like we've been made new spiritually now. And we'll be with him. But until this time, you're so free. You're free not to go back to those things. And you're free to just share your life with other people and let them know, man, God did this for me and he's given me new life. And you can have it too. You think that might be worth celebrating? I know it sounds too simple, right? It sounds too simple, but it's of the utmost So I'm asking you guys to get back on the platform there. And because of that, we can, let's just sing some more praises to God and then I'm going to pray. But as you go in the rest of your day, here's a really cool thing. Because it's always like, what do I do? What do I do, Will? Guess what? Just breathe. Just breathe. It's like, just receive it. Just just catch it, man. Here it goes, right? You just, just receive it. Like, Jesus is giving it to you. Like, he's giving you this forgive. Oh, that sounds like a prosperity. No. See, the thing is, I think if I get holier, better, that all of a sudden now I'm going to get godliness. You just don't. The scripture doesn't say that. It says you're going to keep doing this garbage. You're going to have to keep forgiving, forgiven. But hopefully the gap in your life between what you believe about God and how you interact with him will get more shallow and thinner till you're more like him, right? Like, oh, I believe this is how I should handle my finances, how I should handle my temper, how I should handle my sex life, how I should handle all these things, but then I don't do the thing I said I believe. Christian life is about thinning that gap to where I'm starting to act like I say I believe. But even that doesn't save you. The rescue is Jesus. And so this day, 
even more than any, what we celebrate is He has rescued us. He has given us new life so that we don't go back to those things because that's not life. And everywhere that we go and everything that we do, Jesus is in us and with us and giving us the power and the love to follow Him. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for simple illustrations, for a simple mind like mine that helps just to see I write it there and you wash it away, Jesus. And so I can walk, walk freely and lightly and we can play and we can eat ham or deviled eggs or go out to lunch, whatever we do for our family traditions on this day, Lord. But that we would bring honor and praise to you know, to know that we're free, we're forgiven, we're loved, and now we can just love those around us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let, let me add, you, add one more thing to you, okay? You need forgiveness from God. Everyone, everyone around you needs forgiveness from you. You need forgiveness from you. Does that make sense? We think about it in terms of this, but once Jesus forgives us, once it's washed clear, my life now... I can be forgiven, forgiving to the people around me. I can be forgiving to myself because they need it desperately from me. I need it desperately from me. And if Jesus can do it, then why can't we? So I just, that just came over me. I have to share that with you. Let's stand up and we'll just celebrate what God has done.